Had it from a shot off the post. Rebound score. Paul Connor follows the puck off the iron. Puts it into the goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Broken up from behind, intended for Milano. Two on one for Vegas. Marcia so on the left. Will Smith got it to him. He scores. Nicholas Wong. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Boy, oh boy, what a weekend for the Vegas Golden Knights. What a game they played on Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It had everything you could possibly ask for, and I'm just going to go out there and say it. I was right. I was right. I'm taking my victory lap. I'll get to that in just a moment. But first, because I'm in such a good mood, because we've only got 23 minutes before I interrupt myself, I preempt myself for the pregame show, because I was so right, I'm giving back to you. 702-876-1340. That's the number. We've got two separate pair of tickets to give away to Vegas, Carolina on March 1st. Callers number three and caller number four, you are both winners. 702-876-1340. Give us a call right now. You're going to see Vegas and Carolina. Caller number three and caller number four. So what was I right about? Darren Millard went on and 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 on about how the Golden Knights had not had for a while now a goal scorer within a game have a multi-goal effort. We have seen spread out offense for the Golden Knights since they came back from the break. You have gotten five goals, five goals, seven goals, two goals, and you were looking at it saying, okay, but when's when's a player going to break out? When when are you going to get a two-goal night from Jack Eichel? When are you going to get a two-goal night from Paul Cotter, who has been as hot as anyone could possibly be right now for the Vegas Golden Knights? The question was asked, who's going to be that first Golden Knight to have a multi-goal performance? And I said very confidently before we went into this weekend, I said it was Jonathan Marcheseau. And guess what? It was Jonathan Marcheseau. So a two-goal performance against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Absolutely dominant from Marcheseau offensively. Jonathan Marcheseau and Paul Cotter were carrying a lot of the mail. They were driving so much for the Vegas Golden Knights against Tampa. And I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, that's a former team of Jonathan Marcheseau. He grew up kind of in that organization. You expected that there was going to be a game where he was going to find a way to break through. And he certainly did that against Tampa. Now, the Golden Knights played essentially two games, right? They played two games against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. They played a wild first period in which you saw six goals, and for the first time in his career, Andre Vasilevsky allowed four goals in the first period of a hockey game. That is remarkable. It is. It is, it is remarkable offensive stuff from the Vegas Golden Knights. 
But then the game needed something different. Then the game needed something that you didn't get through the first 20 minutes from Vegas. They had to limit and cut down on the chances that they were allowing the Tampa Bay Lightning to have. It was a little shaky there in the second period. Tampa gets the only goal of the period. They're pushing a little bit more. You start to see Vegas hemmed into their own zone a little bit. And then all of a sudden, the third period switches over, and the Golden Knights are elite, elite defensively. They were fantastic defending one of the most dynamic teams in the National Hockey League in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And when you're able to do that within the context of a game, when you're able to go out there and you hang four on Andre Vasilevsky in the first period, you ought to be able to find two points out of that one. And it was a little too close for comfort, I'm sure, for a lot of fans. But outside of that, the Golden Knights in the third period, they were really connected and strong defensively. Aiden Hill picks up a win, and all of a sudden you're in this situation where you say, okay, you know what? The Golden Knights went out, and they, they stayed true to the way that they have been playing, and that is a way to beat elite teams in this league. The Golden Knights beat an elite team in the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think anyone would be surprised if Tampa were to go on another long run in the offseason. So when you factor all of those things in, to me it's one of the most impressive wins of the year. And, and I want to bring Chris Chapman in, assuming that he has given away the tickets. Yeah, yeah, both Chapman, pairs. What was the most... What was the most impressive aspect of it for you? Because there's there's two competing ideas here, right? You've got the offense that you had in the first period, the four-goal outburst on Andre Vasilevsky, doing something that no team has ever done to him in his NHL career, and then you've got shutting it down defensively, keeping the, the Tampa Bay Lightning to just five shots on goal. I know Mikhail Sergachev scored late to kind of make it interesting for 10 seconds, but by and large, the 20 minutes in the third period, the Golden Knights shut things down defensively. What was more impressive to you? The offense or the defense? Well, you know, Ryan, there, there's a lot of things, that, and, and I think you mentioned both of them. When you're able to do something to one of the all-time great goalies, like you did to Vasilevsky, where it's something that's never been done against him before, that's, that's to me, really, really impressive. Look, we know the Golden Knights have a really good blue line, maybe the best in the entire NHL when you when you look at top to bottom. But a lot of the questions were coming in, can they put up points like they had outside of the San Jose game after the bye week against an elite team and an elite goalie? And I think they passed that test. I think they shut up a lot of the doubters that said, oh, it was only Nashville or, oh, it was only Minnesota. Who cares what they did against San Jose or Anaheim? Well, this to me was a game that, first of all, whenever these two teams get together, there's never a dull game. They always make for the maybe one of the most entertaining games of the season that we get to see here in Vegas when, whenever Tampa Bay rolls into town. But I just think that when you're able to put up four goals on maybe the best goalie in the world in a peer, in the first period, that's that's something that that to me really really stands out. And I thought I thought Marshall's performance. I know you took your victory lap. He, he the, the relief when he scored that first goal. But I think it was more when he scored the second goal because obviously there was the challenge and nobody really knew. I, I, I'm still trying to figure that one out, but I guess there was an angle from ice level where it showed that it, it was the right call. But, but Ryan, I mean, to answer long way to answer your question, 
the four goals in the first period against Vasilevsky is something that will really stand out to me. Maybe if, if they're able to especially build off of this, it's something that's going to stand out all season. You, you you put four goals on Andre Vasilevsky in the first period. I, I, didn't, I didn't think Cooper was going to pull him because it, it seemed like Tampa mm-hmm. was competitive in the game. Yeah, you, but, you don't you don't pull Andre Vasilevsky. But you know, there was a like, moment where I'm like, if they put up one more early in the second period, maybe maybe we're going to see Brian Elliott. So I I don't I don't think that that was ever a consideration. Like you've got the best goalie in the world, right? Or or one of the two best goaltenders playing in the league right now, uh, in Andre Vasilevsky. Like if you're within two or three goals with the offense that they have, you're never out of a game. What's kind and of I think funny? That's like the most impressive part of it, right? Is that even though the Golden Knights put up four in the first period, even though they were really, really strong in the third period, it was still anybody's game. Yeah. Like, and- if you would have told me that Tampa came back and, and tied it up and, and pushed it to overtime, I'd have believed you because that's how good the Tampa Bay Lightning are. What's funny is I, I sit next to Lindsay up in the press box and yeah. um, I, I made the comment to her. I said, you know what's kind of crazy about this? Vasilevsky, when it was 4 nothing, or or when they had the, scored their fourth goal, and I said to Lindsay, I said, you know what's crazy? It's 4-2. Vasilevsky could go on and make 35 straight saves, and Tampa could come back yep. and win this game. But, I mean, fortunately, the Golden Knights' defense in the third period, they, they really locked things down. And, and look, they, they, they kind of limited Tampa's opportunities. There, there, wasn't, there, there wasn't a moment in that third period where I thought the Golden Knights were going to lose that game. So let me ask you this question because I think it's an interesting one. A lot of, a lot of where fans were with the Golden Knights in in as soon as Mark Stone got hurt, right? As soon as Mark Stone left the lineup and the Golden Knights kind of went on that stretch going into the bye week where they just could not buy a result to save their lives. I think the big question was, can the Golden Knights win important hockey games, meaningful hockey games against really good opponents without Mark Stone? You come out of the bye week, you have some some tough challenges in Nashville and Minnesota, but they're not Tampa, right? It's not the Lightning. It's a completely different class. You hang with the Lightning. You beat the Lightning. You do what you do on Saturday. Does it give you more confidence in the Golden Knights' ability to, you know, looking at their schedule? You've got Carolina. You've got New Jersey. You've got really good hockey teams on the docket, and you've got to win those games in order to make the playoffs. Do you feel more confident that the Golden Knights' game, where it's at right now, can stack up? Yeah, I I do, because it seems like... Getting Shea Theodore and Zach Whitecloud back, while yeah. it it came at a time where the news was kind of bad because it you, you 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 missed Stone for a few of those games on the East Coast road trip, but you got you got uh, Whitecloud and, and Theodore back very soon after that, and I think what Theodore played and I want to say it was the Rangers game when he came back for the first time, but. You, you get Theodore and White Cloud back, and all of a sudden the news isn't so. The news sucked with Mark Stone, but things don't seem so dire, especially with the production you've gotten after the bye week from Shea Theodore. Another two point game the other night for him against Tampa. All he does is show up against the Lightning. It seems like that th- those games are built for Shea Theodore. Obviously, he always shows up against the Ducks, but. I, I think the addition of getting that back kind of softened, maybe not to the fans, but as far as to the team, like, hey, you know what? We've got really good players on this team, and we're, we're good enough to overcome the loss of Mark Stone. I think that had to be the message in the locker room. 
because you, you kind of had been through it before, and I feel like a lot of those guys wanted to prove that they were better than what happened at the end of last season. And and it seems like they came out of the gate firing, were they thirteen and two to start the season, and then you go through obviously you know there, it's it's a it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. So you're going to have ups and downs. But these last five games have reminded me a lot of the first 15 games of the season where Mm -hmm. the teams come out on fire. And you saw glimpses of it, I think, at the end of that road trip. They they were just a little unlucky against the Islanders. And it's not an easy team to play, but they played really good in that game. So they, they played really good against New Jersey as well. So there were glimpses of it before the bye week. But after the bye week, it's almost like we're back at... Back in September and the season starting over again or back in October and this team's coming out of the gate firing. They can compete, I think, with any team in the league and they proved it on Saturday night. The question going forward, of course, is going to be, can you do it night in, night out? Because once we get into March, we're going to see every other day, every other day you're, you're playing and the schedule is not forgiving. I mean, when you look up, yeah, you got Chicago tonight, and I don't think after what the Blackhawks did this weekend, that's certainly a game where you overlook. But coming back, you've got Calgary, you've got Dallas, you've got Carolina coming in, the Devils coming in. So so it's not an easy stretch by any means. But if they can get through these next maybe four or five games relatively unscathed, I, I, I think it's it's really positive heading into the end of the season, the stretch run. You know. You know, you, you brought up an interesting point on Chicago, and I want to get there as we lead into the game tonight. Uh, again, it'll be a 5.30 puck drop, so pregame show starts in just about 17 minutes here. I will kind of preempt myself. I always find it really funny when that happens. Um, Chapman, let's do the game ratings here real quick, and then I want to get into Chicago. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Bear with what me, Marty. All with? your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. All right, Chapman, what do you give it? It's a, a We have the AMC Pacer. That's a 1 out of 5. A Station Wagons, 2 out of 5. A Humvee, 3 out of 5. Trans Am, 4 out of 5. And a 5 out of 5, perfect game. Everything you could ever ask for and more is a DeLorean. What did the Golden Knights turn in on Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning, beating that team 5-4? to four? Well, I'll make it pretty simple. For the fourth time out of five games post-bye week, it's a DeLorean. Mm-hmm. You score yeah. four goals on Vasilevsky in the first period. You lock down a really good Lightning team in the third period. Um, I know, I know. They, like you mentioned, they they got a late a late goal, but it really. What's funny is it was it was the the empty net goal, game winning goal for for Nick Waugh. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Nick Waugh, when he shot that puck, man, that was one of the most emphatic, almost full ice empty net goals I've ever seen. I mean, he ripped that thing, but. It's a DeLorean, Ryan. I mean, it, it, it's simple. They, 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 they do something that I don't know if a lot of people believed pre-return from the bye week would be possible. They've come five out of five out of the bye week, and they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning to kind of put a postage stamp on that stretch of games, and, and it, it's been impressive. It's been a really impressive run. Five out of five for me, four out of five after the bye week, and let's hope tomorrow we're, uh, we're talking about another five. All right, I'll give Darren's vote. Uh, it's a DeLorean, a 5 out of 5 for obvious reasons. I'm going to give mine. It's a 5 out of 5 DeLorean. Uh, as you mentioned, Chapman, they were able to put four on Andre Vasilevsky in the first period. The offense continues to roll along, and it's by way of how they're playing defensively. They're not spending extended periods of time 
in their own zone, hemmed in. And that was going to be the big question that I needed to see answered against a team as good and as deep as Tampa. Can the Golden Knights, the way that their lines are constructed, win on some of those matchups down the lineup? They did. Were they able to continually, continuously and efficiently break pucks out of their own zone? Yes, they were able to do that against Tampa. And when you have a team that can get out of their own zone as efficiently as the Golden Knights have been able to since the bye week ended, you're not going to spend a lot of time defending. And even though you're not, quote, defending better, you're just not having to defend as much. And that gives you a lot more energy for your play in the neutral zone. It gives you more energy on back checks. And it gives you more energy in the offensive zone. And that's where the Golden Knights are really showing you what a fresher team can do and what their talent level truly is without Mark Stone in the lineup. Now, you start to look at tonight's game against Chicago, and you mentioned it. Chicago, they absolutely destroyed the the Toronto Maple Leafs. They did. Patrick Kane, Hattrick, he showed up to play. There's a lot kind of behind the scenes, I think, when it comes to Patrick Kane. Will he be moved at the trade de- deadline? Will he not be moved at the trade deadline? What does he want to do? That's going to be the big question. There's obviously been rumors out there about Kane wanting to be reunited with Artemi Panarin in New York. The New York Rangers go out and trade for Vladimir Tarasenko. There were rumors that he was linked to Toronto. Toronto trades for Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari. And then Patrick Kane goes out and puts three on the board against the Maple Leafs in a game the Maple Maple Leafs absolutely should have won. So when you look at tonight's game for the Golden Knights, I think it's categorically a trap game. You've won five in a row. You're coming off of a big-time victory at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and you go into Chicago. How do you avoid the trap here? Like that That's really what I'm getting at, because for the Golden Knights, it is a trap, but you cannot afford to leave these two points on the table when you, as, as you mentioned, Chapman, look at their schedule. It is really difficult starting with Thursday's game against Calgary, and then you've got Dallas, Colorado, Carolina, and New Jersey. It does not get easier for the Golden Knights. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Because you you mentioned trap game, and this is the epitome of a trap game. You beat the 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 three time in a row Eastern Conference champ Tampa Bay Lightning in a, in a thriller. Let's let's be honest, it was a thrilling game. There's going to be an emotional letdown. You have to expect. Then after you you win that game, you get on an airplane a day later, and you fly to Chicago for a one-off game on a Tuesday night, and then you got to turn right around and come back home to Vegas where you're probably not going to have a, have, a, have a skate tomorrow. You're probably going to be looking at a day off. And then you got the Calgary Flames, a team that beat you earlier in the season, a team that's going to be looking to chase you down or track you down in the Pacific Division. This is the epitome of a trap game. The, the, the job Bruce Cassidy is going to have to do to get these guys ready to go I, I think they will be ready to go, but mm-hmm. it's always tricky for coaches, I think, because trap games are real things. Some people may not admit it, but but look, human beings have highs and lows emotionally. This is not a game you're going to get up for on emotional level because Chicago stinks. But I think there's also the aspect, you know what, we want to keep proving doubters wrong. We want to keep shutting people up. We're, we're not going to let the Blackhawks steal a game from us. These games, these points we have to bank right now are too important. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Golden Knights, and I think we may have our answer in the first period to see how they how, how they handle this. I can't imagine they're not going to be ready to play. But like we said, I mean, strange things. It's a strange game sometimes. You, you wouldn't have expected the Toronto Maple Leafs to go to Chicago and beat 
a team that that it's the Maple Leafs. I know, I know, but you just came off the the high of the Ryan O'Reilly trade, and and you're you're feeling pretty good. You got Nolachari in the lineup. Chapman, <laughs> Still, it's Toronto. I know, I know. I keep the wanting Leafs, things to be different. If given the opportunity, <laughs> no. If given the opportunity, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to Maple Leaf. Like they always are. They're that going was the, to. <laughs> as what's much funny as, is that's the listen, text message I sent you guys. I, I know, and Darren didn't understand it, and I, I get it, and I understand that. But like, here's the thing. Even with the Ryan O'Reilly trade, like we haven't gotten a chance to really dig into this. Hopefully, we do tomorrow when we've got a little bit more time. I love the Ryan O'Reilly trade for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I really do. I think that that makes them a deeper, more battle-tested team in the playoffs. Do I think it's going to make a difference? No. Do I have any faith in Toronto to win a playoff round? Absolutely not, because I can't in good faith predict that that's going to happen when it just has never happened for them. We're talking about 19 years, Chapman. At no point in time do I look at this Maple Leaf team and say, you know what, even with Ryan O'Reilly, I have faith that they're going to be able to beat Tampa and then beat Boston. No! No way! It's not going to happen! Yeah, I, I, I know. You just, at some point, you have to think they're going to they're gonna pull it off, and then reality sets in, and you're like, Wait a minute! It's Toronto. It's not. It's not going to happen. And the O'Reilly move is is a good move for them. And I think getting Achari was was a good you know side piece as well. But uh, Ryan, it, it, you're right. It's Toronto. But nonetheless, they they cost our our listener Rick a shot at seven hundred bucks. <laughs> I mean, after after yeah. you know what? After Colorado came back to beat Edmonton in the fashion that they did, I think Felt I like fate. yeah, it was like oh, this is really going to happen for Rick. And then, sure enough, Toronto, Chicago, easy in the bank. The guy's already yeah. thinking about what he's going to spend the $700 on. And, well, Toronto goes and they do what Toronto does. I feel really bad, Rick. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I really thought that Toronto was going to be okay in that spot. But you know what? I was accused of giving an easy game, and it turns out to be the only game that was uh, that was a big loser over did the weekend. I, did I, was so, it me who accused that. you? Ah, it was you. It was Howard. <laughs> I don't know. One of the two of you. Well, we're going to split $327,000. Yeah, exactly. The $27,000, whatever number that Darren Millard mythically puts it up to today. Uh, listen, the fact of the matter is, for the Golden Knights, when you look at tonight's game against Chicago, they cannot fall into that same trap that Toronto did going into Chicago. The Blackhawks have won two games in a row on home ice. Like They're playing better, question mark, or they're just jumping on opponents, or Patrick Kane is just trying to prove to the hockey world that he isn't injured, that he's okay, and he can be impactful on a really good team for a stretch run. Whatever the reason is, the fact that Loren Brossois is going to get the start tonight for the Golden Knights and the fact that he's making his season debut isn't lost on me in trying to avoid the trap, and I think that that's going to be a big key. I'll expand on that a little bit on the pregame show, but I do want to make sure that we're fair to you, Chapman. Even though we've only got 23-ish minutes, I do want to give you an opportunity. It's a an abbreviated and you can go in any direction you want to, yeah. catching up with Chapman. Yeah, I, I mentioned it on Friday that, that I moved yesterday. And big shout-out to Jared. Of course, uh, if you listen to our sister station in the mornings, you know who Jared is. He uh, he, he showed up at 11 o'clock in the morning, helped me move my 300-pound. I, I swear the mattress has to weigh 300 pounds. It's one of those Tempur-Pedic mattresses. It weighs a ton. And then sure. we could not get my couch up the stairs. Oh. 
<laughs> so that was fun, to say the least. I have my 15-year-old there trying to do math problems because he's he's into all that math stuff. What is it sure, good for? Did, you, did but, you guys pivot? We we, we, pivot? we worked it out. Fortunately, there was a high ceiling, so we were able to kind of flip the couch up and stand it up sure. on, on its end. But, right. oh my gosh, I, I could not get out of bed this morning. I said, thank God it's an abbreviated show and... Oh. And I, I can put the podcast up, go home, jump back in the bed because I'm telling you, as a 43-year-old man, I, I tweeted out, I feel like Methuselah. Like, my body yeah. is, is completely gone to crap. I'm like, if there's not a sign to not move again ever, this is it because I'm too cheap no, to hire no, movers. No. Well, oh, okay. Move. Yeah. Listen. Just stay in one spot for a little while. I yes. know that you're the world traveler, but you got to stick around in one spot for a minute. That's going to do it for us here. I will be with you on the other side of the break with the pregame show setting up Vegas and Chicago.